And welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 54, the bracket episode. Uh, Cam, I'm excited for this one. Me and Cam are in person like we were a few weeks ago when we recorded uh, back-to-back episodes. And this is it. it. This is the bracket episode. I'm currently holding the bracket in my hand. It's filled out. We uh, we spent about an hour filling this out, going back and forth on what we were going to pick, who we were going to decide to win it all, go to the final four. Um, and we're going to break it down in this episode. Everything about the bracket, who to look for on the upsets, who can win the title, who, who to pick, who not to pick, and just some talk... Our teams are in it. Mizzou is in it, and we have a wild situation with me. I have a huge dilemma that involves uh, some of my teams. Um, And then we'll also finish with some tough scene, which we'll probably get into all kinds of stuff that. So stay tuned for that, and let's get into the bracket here. The bracket. Yeah. This is awesome, man. It's literally top two or three times of the year. Sports calendar wise, you know, bowl season when you're off school that leaks all the way into the super wild card weekend. That's a fun time. March Madness having that printed fresh off the printer bracket. Hey, we we even went in color this year again. I think actually we did last year too. In color bracket and it is beautiful. Uh, we watched the selection show. It's gorgeous. Uh, some teams got shafted. Some teams continued to get um, pumped up, slobbered on, if you will. But, um, yeah, we're excited. Uh, we filled it out. And it's – mine's a mess, um, but it's – Still filled out. Oh, you think mine's even more of a mess. So let me tell you, it is, I'm looking at it right now. It is, it is at a disgusting level of gross. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And it could, mine could have been so much more gross. There were some dilemmas that I was sitting on for a very long time that I eventually cleared up and just went with a clear head type of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's upset season. It's March. March Madness, really, for guys like me and Luke, it started a couple weeks ago. Pretty much when March starts, March Madness starts for us because we watch a lot it starts, of the It starts before me, or before March for me, like probably January. Like when conference oh, yeah, starts. we're just watching stuff. But, um, you know, conference tournaments, there was all kinds of bids stolen um, and stuff like that. So, and we're just happy that. It's here, and uh, games start Tuesday. First game includes a team from Missouri, SEMO. Got the call. Um, they'll be taking on Corpus Christi, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Um, yeah, we're, that's we're, a tough matchup for them. It's, it is. Texas A&M, Corpus <laughs> Christi won their regular season conference. They were the one seed in their conference tournament, and they ran through that and won it. So, they kind of got shafted a little bit, you know, they won their conference regular season and tournament and they end up in the first four. But sometimes that's, I mean, really that's the only chance these teams have at winning a game um, is against another 16 seed. Because I mean, going up against someone like Alabama, <laughs> you're not going to win that. I'm sorry. You're not UMBC, but uh, 
I don't have any 16 over ones. I don't have any 15 over twos. But after that, it gets a little dicey. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where that's where we kind of usually draw the line. I mean, it's so hard to predict those, you know, especially the some of the more famous ones in recent history. Uh, obviously, Mizzou, Norfolk State, when I was, I think, probably like seven or eight years old, uh, just a few years ago, uh, blowjob Bob Oral Roberts over o- Ohio State and EJ Liddell. Um, what are some? Oh, Lehigh and Duke. Um, Luke was talking about that one earlier. Earlier, um, Kentucky and St. Peter's. Um, last year. What was that guy's name? Dougie Dirt. Yes, Dougie Dirt. Um, so, but we didn't pick any of those. Uh, what, what, what should we dive in here to first? Should we talk about maybe just some teams that kind of got screwed, maybe? Or do you want oh, to dive? I, in? I would love to get into this. So I I put out like my my bracketology. I'm no bracket expert, but I put out a bracketology right before the tournament just to see what it was. And every team I got most of it right, not to brag, but so the teams I didn't get right they were within one seed, except for Texas A&M. I had Texas A&M getting a four seed. I was like I could see them getting a five seed though, but I have them at a four, and they ended up getting a seven seed. So um, that. That was like shocking. Like whenever I saw the committee just reveal Texas A&M as a seven seed, I was like, what the hell? Like Mizzou is a seven seed. And I watched Texas A&M destroy Mizzou twice during the regular season. I watched them beat Alabama. I watched them compete with Alabama. In the, the, well, I didn't watch them, but I saw them compete with Alabama in the SEC championship. They finished second overall in the conference regular season and tournament, and they get rewarded with a seven seed. It was incredibly I, – granted, they did lose to Wofford at home at the beginning of the year, but that was a completely different Texas A&M team. Yeah, that's just not the same team. That's just – those are completely different. And, you know, you're talking about Texas A&M, and we're talking about shafted teams, but, you know, in order for teams to get shafted, you have to have the teams that have to be propped up. And I think, you know, while we're SEC guys, you know, we are, but – Tennessee getting the four line. I'm a Pac-12 guy, but yeah, that's true. But I mean, Mizzou fans, we do reside in the SEC, so you know Tennessee getting the four line. And if you just want to go by the adjacent properties here, I mean Mizzou, you know they beat these guys twice down the stretch, including the SEC tournament, um, and they lost their. Best or second best player in Makai Ziegler, and uh, they're still a four seed. Meanwhile, Texas A&M, not even close to the four. Yeah, like it Luke was uh, expected. It was it was so weird. I'm looking at the NCAA football standings right now. That's not what I wanted. Texas A&M has a record of 25 and nine. Tennessee is 23 and 10. Now let's go to the head-to-head. Let's just see what happened in the head-to-head game. Oh, Texas A&M won. They beat Tennessee. So how the hell is Tennessee above them in the seating? That makes no sense to me. How does that make any sense? Because I think they even split with Kentucky too, right? Tennessee? Yeah. I think they got swept by Kentucky. Swept? I mean, what are they? I mean, they have wins. Don't get me wrong, but. 
I just don't get that. Um, they beat Texas, the Big Twelve challenge. Yeah, I mean beat Maryland, but Mizzou beat Iowa State. I mean, yeah, exactly. I I just I just don't get it how Tennessee got propped up that high. But um, moving on to some other teams that maybe got screwed a little bit. Uh, you said Providence. I really, I think that's, I think that's a fine line right there. I mean, they're kind of borderline bubble the whole way through, uh, so I think yeah, that's but, fine. But I had them as a ten seed, and I really think Providence is probably better than every single ten seed. Now, I don't know about Utah State because Utah State's been very weird. They might be better than Providence, and Penn State, as of recently, is probably better than Providence. But overall, I'd say Providence is better than all the 10 seeds. So that's what – it's a little frustrating to see that, but, hey, I'm not the committee. so. And uh, what was another one? Oh, uh, you thought Oral Roberts should – do you think they were placed wrong too? And I thought Duke was placed wrong, and I'm a Carolina guy. You know, um, they were – I wasn't – I wasn't mad about Oral Roberts seeding. I thought a 12 was what they were going to get. I was mad they got mashed up with Duke because Duke is a team. I mean, we'll get to this later, but they have the potential to go very far in this tournament. They are on fire right now. Um, they're clicking on all cylinders. They just won the ACC tournament. And they get matched up with Oral Roberts, who hasn't lost since January 9th. Um, they went undefeated in conference play. They were the only team in the entire nation to go undefeated in conference play this year. And they get matched up with Duke. I was really thinking Tennessee was going to get the five seed in this bracket and Duke was going to get the four and then create the Duke Oral Roberts matchup in the second round. But that was not the case. So I, I wouldn't say they got, I wouldn't say they got snubbed out of a bad seed, but I, it goes back to the Tennessee thing. So that's all it is for me. Um, and to jump around here, uh, Talk about some teams that maybe ended up on the outside here. We have the Rutgers fighting Shianos. We have uh, Clemson, who I thought should have been in, plain and simple. Obviously, the one that hits close to home here for me. Uh, but, you know, you, I just saw it unfold right before my eyes. You know, UNC obviously not making the field of 68 and the very first team ever to be the preseason number one ranked team to not make the tournament. Um, there's been teams in the past uh, that have made the national title and not made the tournament. Ohio State did that um, back in 2008, I guess, and then they didn't get in in 2009, I think, or some something like that. Um, and now it's UNC made the t title last year against Kansas, and they're not in. And they're preseason number one, and they brought back four of their five stars from the title team. And it is this a tough, is Hubert Davis on the hot seat? Oh, according to UNC fandom, yes. Um, and if you want me to get into who we're already looking at here, some of them are big Jerry Stackhouse guys. Some of them are huge, and I have no idea where this connection even stems from. Wes Miller really want Wes Miller. Um, and, oh, man, there's – maybe there's one other guy. But the big – those are the big two, Stackhouse and Wes Miller. Now, there's a big, you know, kind of this thing going on between UNC fans is like, 
maybe let's go outside of the family for once in terms of a coaching hire, because that's what UNC does. They stay in the family all the time for their coaching hires. Obviously, that's what they did with Hubert Davis. Yeah, but Roy Roy was on um, Dean Smith's staff for years. So um, they just went and brought him back. Um, So Jerry Stackhouse, obviously his team didn't make the tournament either. Although that's another team that probably should have gotten a little bit more of a look maybe with how many wins they had down the stretch that were that big um so yeah but they also had 15 losses and they didn't have a lot of quality wins so until the end though i know they were racking them up but penn state did that but they just did it better that's um, true so that's why they're such a high seed um yeah the ruckers i that one really shocked me that they didn't get in clemson they probably should. It it wasn't shocking, but the, I probably I thought they should have been in. But it was not shocking to see them not get in. Um, Nevada shocked me. I I'm doing the threat of elimination. I already eliminated them, so I, I did the same thing with Michigan last year. Um, I eliminated them, and then oh, now they're in the tournament. So I thought Nevada was gone, but it turned out they were the last team in above Oklahoma State, who I had not yet eliminated yet until now, but. Oklahoma State, I really thought I was going to get it. And then the last part with like the, the rankings is the Big 12. We talked about this. The Big 12 is probably the best conference, but damn, did they get slobbered on in this. I mean, Iowa State went, what, 19 and 13, and they got a six seed? That's stupid. Um, not to respectfully, that's stupid, respectfully. TCU has was like 21 and 13, slightly better, got a six seed. Um, it Baylor had ten losses and got a three C. That was really weird to see. Uh, so those are just some of the weird ones. Now, granted, very good teams in this conference, but I I might become a hater during this tournament. I might become a Big Twelve hater because of how I I, I literally am. I I picked a lot of upsets of the Big Twelve. Um, and you'll see that later. Is that. I it's literally like the same conferences that I have advancing. So, um, do you want to get into the bracket talk, or do you want to talk some Mizzou here? You know, yeah, I think we should dive into the bottom half of the south side of the bracket here. My my death scenario. This is just a sad scene, a, a good scene, but a sad scene at the same time for Lucas over here. Um. If you haven't seen the bracket already, we have Mizzou getting in a seven line here. Um, Dennis and the crew taking on Utah State in the first round. Um, And then Arizona got the two seed, and they take on Princeton. Now, we are pretty much looking at Mizzou one win away from an Arizona-Mizzou matchup. For elimination. For elimination. And it's just a tough spot to be in if you're Lucas Newhouse because we know he's a we know he's a Mizzou lover, but we also know he's a bigger Zona lover. So Luke, just dive in. I I can't even dive. I, I I'm trying to dive into my brain to see like what's going on. This was a fear of mine because I've been going through the bracketologies for the last several weeks. 
And I knew Mizzou was probably, that was my prediction. They were going to end up with a seven seed and Arizona was pretty much locked into a two seed. So I was like, if they, the off chance that they get paired in the same bracket, they could create a death scenario. And then sure enough, I see we're watching the selection show and then Mizzou pops up and I see Arizona and I was just speechless. I'm pretty sure I was, I, I wanted to cry um, because I I love both of these teams so much. I've, Obviously, I've I've gotten a bond with this Arizona team because a lot of these guys like Larson, Tubelis, uh, Balo, they've been there for a year. Balo's only been there two years, but a lot of these guys, Kirk Risa, have been there for like three to four years. And so I've been watching these guys for years just dominate the Pac-12. But this Mizzou, there's something about this Mizzou team and Dennis Gates that is just so fun. Um, they just keep winning despite not being that good, but maybe they are that good. But they just keep winning somehow, and I don't know who. I don't even know who I'm going to root for, man. Like I don't want to see either team lose. Um, and I'm so inter. I'm so closely connected with both of the fan bases. Uh, a lot. I'm personally connected with the Mizzou fan base, but Arizona. I'm very deep into the social media connections with a lot of Arizona fans and Arizona media members, and. If that happens, like the trash talk back and forth is going to be so awkward for me because I, I, I don't, it's, it's literally a death scenario, like to, to have to root against one of those teams right now. I'd like to say I'd root for Arizona, but I really couldn't tell you for sure until I'm watching the game. Like when I'm watching the game and after like 10 minutes of play, I will be able to feel who I'm rooting for on the inside. It might be Mizzou. So I it, I don't know. It, it's it's going to come down to it, it, to game time. I can't tell you right now. Right now I'd like to think I'd root for Arizona just to stick to my, you know, my guts, but man, I don't it's so, I don't want to root against Mizzou. That doesn't sound like fun either. So um death scenario to say the least. I do have that matchup occurring in my bracket and I do have Arizona winning. But as we were talking about Mizzou can beat Arizona. And that's the big dilemma. That's why this is yes. a huge dilemma. This whole second half of the South region was a dilemma. Now, I was stuck on Creighton NC State. Luke said, come to your senses here a little bit and just take Creighton. He dropped an insane stat on me that like Final Four teams are like was it title teams? The, yes, the title. The last like twenty title teams are top twenty in defense, top twenty in offense, and then there's another stat. And maybe it's like forty five percent field goal percentage. I can't remember exactly what it is, but if you have that, Creighton's one of those teams. You can, win, you can win the title. Like if you aren't that, then it's impossible for you to win the title. And those teams this year are Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Ukula, and Creighton, and I think UConn too is in there. So <laughs> just. It's stat to keep in mind when you're picking your bracket. Um, but, but yeah, but this is what it was. So this is where I was stuck probably for 20 minutes was I couldn't figure out Creighton NC State. I have Baylor over UC Santa Barbara. And then I have Mizzou winning and Arizona winning. The, yes, the God shows. Um, and there was a part of me in my brain that had Mizzou over Arizona because, like me and Luke said, Mizzou can beat Arizona. They, It's unreal to say that out loud in real time, 
but it is true. They can beat Arizona. As a person who has watched both teams very intensely and very much throughout the year, Mizzou, how they win is they outscore their opponent. Like this, Mizzou is undefeated when they score 70 points. All eight of their losses has come when they've scored less than 70 points. And only two wins have come when they score less than 70 points. So that's literally like the, that's the, the keys to victory for Mizzou is score more than 70 points. If Arizona can hold their, their opponent under 70 points, we're like, wow, great defensive game. Like it's very rare that Arizona gives up less than 70 points. Um, Arizona scores 80 points very often, but just that stat scares me because I know that Mizzou can outscore them. Yeah. And, but for Mizzou fans everywhere, I've got, I have unlocked a path to the Elite Eight for them. And I, I was, I didn't end up going with it, but if I would have, that would have been, and I'm, I think I'm going to create an exact replica bracket where I have Mizzou just going to the Elite Eight. And the, everything is going to stay the same besides this. But here's what needs to happen. Baylor, very capable Baylor team, can beat Creighton. And if that happens, this opens the door for the Mizzou to the Elite Eight. They have to beat Arizona, and Mizzou can beat Baylor. But Mizzou cannot beat Creighton. That is what we have discovered, is that Mizzou can't beat Creighton. They will shut that shit down. But as Luke said, um, well, not on camera, but Luke said it to me earlier, and he makes it just a great point. Baylor will just... They will leave the door open for Mizzou win against them. Creighton will not, but if Baylor beats Creighton and Mizzou beats Arizona, Mizzou can beat Baylor, and Mizzou would have their second ever Elite Eight team. And then they would just get punished by Bama. Oh, yes, yes. And they're really guarding and great shooter, Brandon Miller, and all that. So Yeah, great shot creator, Brandon Miller. Um, (laughs) Here's the thing that that I've discovered about this go in depth with the South region here. Arizona will beat Creighton, but they will probably lose to Baylor. Mizzou can beat Baylor, but they will lose to Creighton. So it's like a, a vice versa here. So like depending on who wins the Mizzou Arizona matchup, that's saying Mizzou beats Utah state, by the way, Utah state is a very capable team. They're very hot right now too. They're hot in the streets. Yeah. They almost beat San Diego state last night in the, uh, is that the no? Yeah, Mountain West tournament in Vegas last night. So, um, they're very capable. Have some good shooters. Uh, got a kid by the name of Ashford who's really good. Um, so they hung right with San Diego State all night, and they they're another battle tested team. Like you don't think of that because maybe football or if you just don't really watch that much, you know, college basketball, you're like, why would the Mountain West be that good? But they are. Um, they're a good conference, so they're battle-tested well, too. Until they get to the NCAA tournament. Until they get to the NCAA tournament, which is my favorite NCAA tournament kink is just the fall of the Mountain West once they get there. It hit hard last year. It's so all, funny. All four of their teams got blown out last year. I think it was like Colorado State, Boise State, San Diego State. Probably they just got they just got booted very very fast from from the conference. And I had the exact same thing happening this year. That was actually one of my my keys to filling out the bracket. Um, don't pick Mountain West and don't pick Big Ten. Also, pick 
defensive teams like Virginia and Houston and UCLA and also pick the ACC because always it's just like one of my locks we'll see later goes against the ACC but some of these teams man is going to be it's going to be incredible so do you have any keys um i would definitely say if you're just if you're for dummies i would agree with your mountain west one cuz one it's funny <laughs> and two it's right and then I've been saying that for weeks now is never count out the ACC because at the end of the day, they're always the ones with, it seems, multiple teams in the final four somehow. And a lot of the times the lead eight as well. So um, that's what I would go with. Um, I don't know how in depth we're going to talk about who we are actually picking, but I have a lot of voodoo attached to my bracket in order to create uh it could create the maximum amount of pain for myself which would be not good in terms of the current state that I am in but if this was to happen and I'm able to watch Duke and Kansas lose in this tournament then that is just like an unmeasurable amount of happiness endorphins so, but I do. Yeah. You're, you're you're in a very bad spot. So your team I'm in a terrible spot. UNC is done. They're gone. They're nit bound. Um, <laughs> I have three rooting interests: Mizzou <laughs> to advance, Duke to lose, and Kansas to lose. Yeah, exactly. But like UNC's done. Mizzou, you're rooting for them, but they're not going to win the title. But Kansas very much can win the title, and Duke, you never know. So. Though it's like a death, like it's lose lose for you. There's no win in this, but there is win. The only win is relief. There is win because now don't don't get me wrong. It is hard, very, very difficult sport. As someone who just watches from the couch, it's very difficult to root against both Duke and Kansas because I mean this is their game, basketball. This is hard to do, but. I'm placing some voodoo on them. I have Duke to the Final Four and Kansas to the Final Four, and I'm just saying, let's see whose fortune wins, yours or mine. And if I, if Duke and Kansas both make it to the Final Four, then I'm going to look like a genius, even though I would rather be a dummy in this type of situation. But I do have Duke-Kansas to the Final Four, and then uh, Houston in the Midwest. We haven't even talked about the Midwest really yet. And I have Bama over Arizona right now. Um, I did have Duke in the final. I've actually gone back and forth on this. So I have Duke and Marquette matching up in the Elite Eight. Um, and I, I originally went to Marquette. And then I was like, you know what? We'll go Duke. And then I was like, you, you know, Duke, they're going to run out. And now I'm back at Marquette. I could change it still. Later on, we don't know. Currently, I have Marquette, which is really weird. That doesn't sit right with me, Marquette in the Final Four. But they're good this year. I have UCLA over Kansas, which was really hard to do because Kansas is really good. But there hasn't been a back-to-back champion since 2007. So not likely that it's going to happen. I have Houston going to the Final Four, Bama going to the Final Four over Arizona. And then I have Houston beating the Criminals in the title game. In Houston, by the way. Yeah. Home win. 
Jim Nance, his final Final Four that's, calling. That's his exactly. alma mater in Houston. Uh, the the script is written. Um, Houston has some some very talented, very 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 talented players on their team. They have one of the best coaches in this tournament. Um, a former national champion, by the way, with the University of Houston, Kelvin Sampson. Um, this is a this is a team that is is very. I just turned my mic off on accident in the title category. So I have my top five title teams. So these are like, if I had to guarantee the title would come out of five teams, these would be the teams. Houston, obviously that's the team I picked to win. So the Kansas, because as much as I hate them and as much as I prey on their downfall, very talented Texas, which was me and Cam were talking about this earlier. I was like, I think I'm going to pick Texas to win it all. And then the bracket comes out and it turns out I don't even have them make, making the sweet 16. So it's, I don't know what I want to do. I, this is March. Yeah, exactly. Um, UCLA is another one and Baylor. Those are the five teams that I think the, the champion is going to come out of. And you may notice I didn't put Alabama on there. And you may be thinking why Luke they're they have a top 10 offense. They have a top 20 defense. They have maybe the best college player right now in Brandon Miller. Great shot creator, by the way. Um, why would you not have them winning the title? Because there's there's too much going on with their program right now. And also, they're good at football. Like they, they can't have basketball too. Like they're a football school. You can you can have the one seed all you want, but you can't have both. Like that's unfair. Let let some other schools win. So uh, that's my reasoning for Alabama not being in there. And then all the other teams are like top teams. So I guess it's self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, so in my final four, like I said, I have Bama, Duke, Houston, Kansas. I have Duke beating Bama, which helps me with the maximum amount of pain here for Duke fans. Shout out to Matt Seeley. And Houston and Kansas, I have Houston over Kansas, which is another thing I was telling Luke. I don't even think Houston can beat Kansas, but I am taking Houston over Kansas. Um, And then I have, this is also very bad vibes here, which just shows you that none of this is going to happen because me and Luke, we both had Arizona winning it all last year. And I also have Houston winning this year, sixty-three to fifty-nine over Duke. Just a suffocation defensive slugfest because Coach Shire's team is really good at defense too. He actually coaches defense. Who would have thought? If maybe if you just coach defense at Duke with the best players in the nation, that you can be really, really good. So maybe um, maybe you could beat your arch rivals in the final yeah, four in maybe. your last game. Uh, so. Good for him. And that's another thing, you know, as much as I hate to say it, Coach Shire, he's not that hateable yet. And, like, they have this white guy named Philip Philip Kowski, not very hateable yet. He's just a class guy, hasn't done anything bad yet. So I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. I need need something. Maybe something will happen in the tournament. Um, But, yeah, in terms of fan bases, this is a whole – my final four in terms of fan bases is just awful. Except Alabama, 
feel like Houston's just a bunch of like it's just a bunch people. of grads. Yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of old Houston yeah. grads that enjoy rooting for the school. So you can't hate on that. No, that's the only good one, and that's why I'm picking them to win. But Bama right now, obviously during the SEC tournament, it went viral. Those two fans with those shirts that said "Killing Our Way Through the SEC." Um, not classy, if you ask me. That was it. Was very reminiscent of Cleveland Browns fans whenever oh, they the Deshaun Watson stuff. Yeah, they did the Deshaun like statue in the parking lot while he was on a massage table. Very disgusting work by fans. Like I get it, you want to support your players, and you want to hope that it's not true, but you can't go out and like promote the bad stuff that they did. Like that's just. You can still root for them, but don't promote the bad stuff they did. So that just that's the lowest of low point. Yeah, and then obviously I have the Duke fan base in there, which is just the worst. And Kansas, of course, is also in there. Um, so yeah, um, my top five uh, title teams, as Luke calls it, Houston won as well. Obviously, since I have them winning it, I have Alabama in there. Um, as well, uh, Purdue, UCLA, and Texas. And notice how I don't have—I don't even have Duke in there, but I have them going to the Final Four. And that's just—that's just it. I think they can get all that all the way there, but I don't think they can win it. Um, and obviously, Texas, UCLA, Ian, and Purdue—I don't have them in the Final Four. But that's just—that's just what happens when you're filling out your bracket. You can't—you can't have them all, Luke. So, but I do still think those teams can make some noise um, in the tournament. Obviously, they can, especially like Purdue. You know, they're a one seed. So, and Zach Eady is hot right now, and they're not choking games like they usually do. But that's what the yeah, tournament's for, exactly. And uh, I, I think we talked about this. So we got to stop talking about things earlier because, like, half the stuff we mentioned is stuff we talked about earlier. We just got to record, but. Uh, we were talking about uh, my college basketball knowledge. So I have been the college basketball guy all year. I've watched it nearly every night, or at least I follow like the game scores every single night. I know too much because when I'm filling out my bracket, nearly every single matchup is just like, uh, I know this team's strengths and how they can win, but I also know this team's negatives and why they will lose. And so it's like, well, I could see both of these things happening and it just makes an impossible scenario. And I just know too much. And so that, that's why it's so impossible to make, make a perfect bracket because no matter how much, you know, you never know. And that's the beauty of March. So I don't know. I thought that I always thought that like getting really into college basketball would help me fill out the bracket, which it does because like a game like Maryland, West Virginia, that was an easy slap down West Virginia. They're going to win that game. Auburn, Iowa, slap down Auburn. Like, just from watching college basketball, I know that easy. That's what's going to happen. But, like, when you get deeper into the tournament, like Creighton, Baylor, Bama, Arizona, uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, like, these are games that you just, you know, too much and you, you're just to a point where you don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. And I told you, I, Every year, I am bent over by the fact that I don't watch the Big East until tournament time. Um, and I'm probably going to get smacked in the face by it really hard this year, considering I have Michigan State over Marquette in the round of 32 um, as well. So 
that's probably going to happen. And I also told Luke that as the more bet, and this just falls right along with what Luke just said, the more basketball you watch, the worse your brackets are. The only time I've ever won a bracket pool in my entire life was in the third grade when I entered into the one at my dad's work, and I won that one, and I haven't won one since, not even close. So that's just how it is. Oh, speaking of bracket pools, we will be bringing back the Show Me Show uh, listeners bracket challenge. So last year, Jace Bradley, shout out Jace Bradley, won the tournament. He picked UNC to win it all. He was so close. Um, we thought about having him on the show. Awesome. Some shout through. out. Yeah. Yeah. Some not things fell out. through, but um, hopefully he reenters because I'd like to see a reigning champion defend their title. So, um, so yeah, if you have any interest in doing that, fill out a bracket. We'll see how many submissions we get. We might make an unlimited. I don't know. Um, and yeah, keep out, keep an eye out for that. Also, what do you want to get to next upset watch? Or do you want to go to locks? Cause we're kind of, we're kind of on the heavy hitters right now. Um, I say we do our Cinderella real quick because those are singlets here. We both have one. Um, so if you've been following for a while in terms of our college basketball talk, I've been on Texas A&M for a while and they're my biggest Cinderella. And in fact, I have them all the way into the elite eight in my bracket and I think that they got screwed a little bit with their seeding, and they're just going to make the most of it. And they have a tough first game, one of the hottest teams in the nation, which is crazy to say, Pennsylvania State. They got to play Pennsylvania State. Boom, beat Pennsylvania State. Then you have the in-state why rivalry. Why are you saying it like that? Pennsylvania State? Is this is Penn State. I like always say that. Pennsylvania State because I used to be a huge Pennsylvania State hater. But that's all connected to college football, so I don't know. Sometimes that just comes out when you're talking Pennsylvania Who's State. Who's the Penn State head coach? Shrewsbury. Oh, okay, I don't. I don't know. I don't know anyone on Penn State. I just know that they've been winning a lot recently. But it's also in the Big Ten, so it's kind of tainted wins. If you... I, I guess if you want to say, I mean, it was still a rough tournament to have to get through. Um, but yeah, Texas A&M over Texas. And then I, I may or may not have Mississippi State in the Sweet 16. But that's just where things get kind of gross. So um, that's my Cinderella pick. Not a whole lot to it except that I had to watch them a lot in the SEC. And obviously we had that big spew earlier this year, me and Luke, where I was like, no, Luke, they definitely are a tournament team. And Luke wasn't so sure at the time, yes. but pretty quickly caught up to the fact that they're pretty good. Yeah, um, I, I remember it was like mid-January, and I was like, Texas A&M is not going to make the tournament. And here they are getting a seven seed, and we're talking about how they got snubbed. So that's that's just how much they proved me right. So when you're trying to take my college basketball bracket advice, just remember that I said Texas A&M was not going to make the tournament. And now I currently have them also going to the Elite Eight like you. So just... Crazy stat there. <laughs> and when, maybe that Wofford loss got in your head, but the Terriers, you never know. So the um, Terriers made the SoCon semifinals. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, that's my Cinderella team. Like I said, not a whole lot to it, except that I just think they're really good. And Buzz Williams is a heck of a coach. He has coached at multiple destinations for VTech, Marquette, and now Texas A&M. And this is probably his second or third 
best team, best coaching job at least. Um, so shout out to Buzz. Um, they were a buzz saw against Mizzou this year, both times. So, um, Texas A&M is my Cinderella, and I have them to the Elite Eight. So my Cinderella is a little different. I I could say Texas A&M too because I have them in the same spot. The Texas A&M Texas matchup, if that happens, is going to be insane because those are two teams that are both very very good. Obviously, there's you know the rivalry there, but. I went back and forth on that game, back and forth on that game. And I think whoever wins is going to beat Xavier. Um, but you're not a Xavier believer, I take it. You have Mississippi <laughs> State of all teams beating them. So I'm an SEC believer, Luke. Yeah, but just you also more. Okay. So you have? Do you have Baylor or Creighton winning? I have Creighton. I have the Jays beating the Baylor Bears. The Baylor, the Baylor Bears. Um, Okay, so you have the top two teams, Marquette and Xavier, both not making it to in the in the Big East, not making it to the Sweet Sixteen. That would be correct. All right. Well, I, but like I said, basketball man, it's just different. I'm not a Big East watcher, so this is where I get bent over. Yeah, that's also true. I'm not a Big East watcher either, but I sometimes just have to trust the people that are. Because there's some people that are very diehard Big East guys out there, and they're saying Marquette is borderline. They should have been a one seed. They're saying they're up there with Bama and Houston. And that to me is like, oh, maybe they are good. So um, they don't have Marcus Howard. Was that his name? I have no idea. This okay. is one thing I want to bring up about Marquette. That's just a little thing that I've had this year. Probably, I want to say three times, but two for sure. I would just tech, check the top 25 polls and they would be sitting at like six. And I would just be like, what the hell? I haven't watched a single Marquette game this year. How are they number six? And then like a few weeks later, they were at like five or six again. And I'm like, how are they still here? They have like five or six losses. How are they this good? And another thing about Marquette is I thought Pete Nance was from Marquette. Turns out he's from Northwestern. So that I, I was telling people all year long that Pete Nance was from Marquette, but he's actually from Northwestern. So I just don't know anything about, about Marquette, and so that's why I picked January, March, Izzo. You know what? I, I respect that, but January, February. Izzo, also, January, March, when you're talking Izzo. about the Michigan State-Marquette matchup, that the coaching matchup is night and day. I mean, you got Tom Izzo, national champion, all-time great Hall of Famer. And then you have Shaka Smart, who I don't even think has made a Sweet 16 in his career. He's supposed to be like this young, promising head coach, but somehow he always chokes in the tournament. So that's why I'm very hesitant putting them to the Final Four because it's like they're going to lose to Michigan State. But if they get past that, I have them beaten Kentucky and Duke. I have them just taken down the, the Blue Bloods, taken down uh, Izzo and Coach Cal back-to-back. So... Uh, and then my, this is a Cinderella story, and we just got way off topic from. That's my fault, though. Oral Roberts is my Cinderella story. Um, it seems every year it seems like we have just a sexual name in in the tournament. Last year it was Longwood. Um, two years ago we had Oral Roberts, and but we also had Moorhead State in the tournament. So 
the NCAA tournament makers are just they're kind of horny. I think we should bonk them for for putting this bracket together. But Oral Roberts in the tournament, 12 seed. They're they have 30 wins. They're very good. I don't have them beating Duke. We talked about this kind of already. But if they do upset Duke in the first round, watch out. They're going because they are for real. If they that's the thing about Oral Roberts is that they haven't played anyone. Like they're dominating the teams they do play, but they also haven't like played a whole bunch of competition. Um, and they did lose to New like New Mexico might have been their best competition, and they lost to them early in the year. So how good really are they? That's why I couldn't pick them to go far. But if they do beat Duke, they are for real. And watch out because Elite Eight potentially Final Four in the sights. I'm not. Gonna, because if they beat Duke, they can 100% beat Tennessee. They beat Duke, they're beating Tennessee. That's just like a given. And then I, I have Memphis beating Purdue. We'll get to that in a second. They could beat Memphis. And then you get to the Elite Eight with Marquette. We just talked about Marquette choking. I, I don't know. Max A. Smith is the number one scorer in the name, or at least he used to be. I don't know if he is anymore. But it's his swan song at Oral Roberts. So, uh, yeah, watch out for them. That's my Cinderella story. Now, that's kind of like the thing that we were talking about with how Mizzou's path to the Elite Eight. Oral Roberts can't beat Purdue. That's just not something that could happen. So unless they, unless they foul out Zach Eady very early in the game. I guess, but that, I mean, I don't... That's a, just a big if. I don't even... Because even Purdue has guys around the rest of the team besides Zach Eady that can that can hold their ground with Oral Roberts, blowjob Bob, on their own. Now, if Max is going crazy, then that's, I guess, a different story. But they aren't beating Purdue if Zach Eady's not in foul trouble. Well, so. watch out. It's not just Max A. Smith. They have this guy, Connor Vanover. He's very good. Um... He, he's like a forward. I think he's kind of taken the place of uh, Kevin O'Banner, if you remember him from the run a few years ago. Um, they also have, what's the other guy's name I'm trying to think of? Um, oh, Thompson. That's right. Kareem Thompson. He is another guard, and he's been playing well. He's he's a shot creator, um, but not the Brandon Miller type shot creator, like legit shot creator. Um that's that's about all I have for Oral Roberts at the moment. Um, you want to get to since we're kind of on the topic, upset watch some teams. Um, watch for the upset in the first round or in the later rounds potentially. Okay. Um, obviously, most of, historically, the upset line, the biggest one is five and twelve. Um. And also seven and ten is like right there as well in terms of how often it happens, um, which is not good for Mizzou, but that's just how a cookie crumbles. I think one Luke and now I feel I feel you know like we're not being true to our word when we're saying this out loud and we didn't pick it, but Louisiana and Tennessee. I know nothing about Tennessee or about Louisiana uh, Lafayette. But what I do know is that Tennessee keeps losing big games and they don't have like their first or second best player in Zakai Ziegler, who's their point guard. And granted, they have Vescovi to run the show, 
um, who's been there for, I feel like, a million years. But I feel like that's a spot where that could happen um, just because they, they're kind of on the downward spiral and they're missing their best player, and it's March. You know, that, those kinds of combinations uh, can hurt you. And also Kent State and Indiana. Kent State just had to win a bunch of games, you know, and Indiana. Uh, the thing that Indiana has going for them before, besides Trace Jackson, is it Davis or Smith? Uh, Davis. Davis. Um, is they also their head coach, and I'm blanking on his name, but he is funny. Funny, uh, bald, black guy. I'm blanking on his name. Mike Woodson? Yes, Mike Woodson. Had a great quote last year um, about his best player when asking if he's going to have tired legs the next year. I don't know if you remember that one, Uh, but it was a funny one. Um, But that one could happen there because Maxion, you just never know. Um, Kennesaw State over Xavier, that that is one. That could happen. Uh, I have VCU over St. Mary's, which is kind of gross because St. Mary's is actually pretty good in the well, West Coast Conference. Well, well, we don't know how good they, they beat Gonzaga yeah. in overtime. Um, I also have that, and I hate it because I I've been against VCU all year. I I thought SLU was going to beat them at least once, but VCU swept them. I I could have swore Dayton was going to win the A10 title. But VCU held their ground and won. And VCU is kind of a March team. If you think about it, they are March. My whole life. And they have been. It, another part that made me pick them is because everyone's going to be on the Charleston train, including me. Everyone's going to be on the Oral Roberts train, including me. How could you not be on the Oral Roberts train, though, to be honest? Um, because there's going to be Duke's some. Red hot. <laughs> well, yeah. But some people are going to be on the Drake train. Um, not the rapper, but the college, the Drake Bulldogs. I'm not, but some people are. VCU is kind of like the 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 lost 12 seed. Like they're just kind of hanging around there. They're the one that actually hits. Exactly. Out of all of them. And they're going to be the one that – it's kind of like New Mexico State always was. Like New Mexico State never impressed me in the regular season, but somehow they end up with a 12 seed, and then they'd go out and beat the 5 seed. That's exactly the vibes I'm getting from VCU right now. So yeah, I have them as well. Um, let's see, those are kind of the eye popping ones. I since the amount of time that it took me to pick this one, I wouldn't be shocked if NC State beats Creighton because they have two sick guards and Joiner and Smith, um, and a fat guy that's pretty solid. Um. Yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, Mississippi State over Iowa State. I have that one. Although I think, did you have Capel's team beating Mississippi State? Yes, I have the Panthers because I think they're underrated. They they've been playing really good all year, and they should not be in the last in the final four. Well, and, they did just get palindromed by Duke, ninety six yeah, to sixty nine. So yeah, there's teams that are better than them. Let's just say that. Yeah. That's they, true. I was thinking they should be a nine or ten seed, and here they are in the play-in. Um, so I'm sorry to Mississippi State, but they're not—they're not, not going to win that game. Um, so <laughs> I, I do have Pitt upsetting Iowa State. Iowa State's been—they are so weird. They got destroyed by Mizzou. They were falling off a cliff, and then they came and they beat Baylor twice. So it's just 
I don't know what to think of them. I don't know what to think of the Big 12 because they just beat each other up constantly. So, um, But I do have Pitt winning this game. The Big 12 just reminds me of the NBA because it's like, I mean, they're, they're so good. And like you just said, they just beat – they just beat each other. But in the NBA, obviously losing a game doesn't mean as much. But in college basketball, it does. But they just have no choice. They're in the Big 12. You have to play each other that many times, and you're just going to win and lose some because everybody's that good. So that's what the Big 12 reminds me of. Um, yeah. Uh, another team I just want to point out is Miami when they have to play Houston in my bracket, I have them playing in the sweet 16, obviously Miami is the only team on the Midwest bracket guard wise that matches up with Houston. And uh, so that's one to watch out for. That would be a five over the one seed later on in the sweet 16. And that I sat there and thought about, like I have Houston winning it all. Mm -hmm. That was like the only time until the championship that I really sat there and thought like, do I want Houston in this? Because Miami earlier this year, remember when we were doing our college basketball preview and I was like the, uh, the fraud alert lights are going off for Miami. No. They are legit, and they've been a kind of a tournament team, low key the last few years. They've had an elite eight appearance. Um, they've had multiple Sweet Sixteen appearances. So they, I don't know, they they can play some basketball. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that's kind of looks like it's it over here at least for me. Okay. I have I have a lot more um, to watch. A lot of these that I have are first round, so I have I don't have a lot of these picked. I will say if I have them picked, but Kennesaw State over Xavier. Um, Cam is not on Xavier at all, as we talked about. Um, I have him going to the Sweet Sixteen, but I I have a connection there. Sean Miller, old coach of Arizona, is now the coach of Xavier. They're kind of fraudulent though. Um, <laughs> they have a great offense, but they play no defense whatsoever, which is classic Sean Miller. Kennesaw State, I don't know, because they, they beat Liberty twice, and Liberty's a very good team in the A-Sun. They beat them twice, so they might watch out for it. I'm not going to pick it, but watch out. VCU, we talked about them. Kent State, we talked about them. I picked Kent State to upset Indiana, by the way. I don't love that one because I I actually do enjoy watching Indiana. I like Mike Woodson a lot. Um, I love Trace Jackson Davis. Um, he's a beast. I, I I enjoy watching Indiana basketball, but Kent State, man, the Golden Flashes. They're in the MAC. They went. They only had seven losses all year. Very good. Um, Charleston, the cock, the College of Charleston, the Cougars from South Carolina. Going up against San Diego State in the Mountain West. And sure enough, I've stuck to my strategy. Don't pick the Mountain West, even though San Diego State is the best team in the Mountain West. Picked the 30-3 and three Charleston Cougars to upset them. And I, I have them giving Virginia a run for their money. Virginia is just too good defensively, though. But don't be surprised if they go on a run. They're going to be a hot pick, too. They are going to be a very popular pick. Yeah, they're the sexy 12-5 pick. Oh, yeah. 30 wins over San Diego State, not a Power 5 school. But I did, you know, 
San Diego, I don't know about San Diego State. There's a lot of teams that there's just, I just don't know. <laughs> I've watched so much college basketball, but I don't know. Um, Oral Roberts, we talked about them. Here's one that I like too. The Furman Paladins um, out of the SoCon. I'm going to do a little bit of backstory here because this is a really good story. Furman, the last three to four years, has been to the SoCon Championship and lost. And last year, if you remember, they went to overtime with UT Chattanooga. They made a go-ahead layup with like four seconds left. And then the Chattanooga guy ran up to about the half-court line and just tossed the, tossed up the basketball in desperation and splashed it in to win by one to go to the tournament. Furman just is heartbroken. I mean, they're four seconds away from going to the tournament, and then the guy just nails a miracle shot. They have this guy, uh, Brothwell, I want to say is his name. Uh, Michael Brothwell, um, and then the, one of their other good players, both came back for their senior seasons, even though they could have transferred elsewhere because they were getting looks, but they came back, and their coach is really young. Um, he is, they're saying he's probably going to get a Power 5 job after this year. So I, I can't, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the Furman Paladins coach, he will be a hot coach this year for, for teams that need a coach. Um, so it, it's a very exciting team, you know, just a good feel good story for them that they were able to come back this year, win the regular season conference and the conference tournament, um, get revenge over UT Chattanooga in the championship, by the way. Yeah. I don't have them winning this. I forget who they're playing. Oh, Virginia. That's right. I, as soon as I heard that their mascot was the Paladin, I picked UVA because I have no idea what a Paladin is. So, uh, that's just an instant circle UVA to move on. I think the only time I've heard it is like Dungeons and Dragons. That's the only time I can think of Paladin. Because it's in Dungeons and Dragons. What is a pal? Paladin. There we go. Not a palindrome. Any of the 12 peers of Charlemagne's Charlemagne? Charlemagne's court of whom the count, count Palantine was the chief. A paladin is a knight renowned for heroism and chivalry. So it's basically like a knight. Well, I guess chivalry's kind of back then. But other than that, no. Furman, I'm tossing your story to the side. It's also FU, Furman University. That's, okay, that's plus. Their fans, if, if they go on a run and take an early lead versus Virginia, you're going to hear the Furman FU, FU, and, you know, from the stands. So just be prepared for that. Um, Virginia, Virginia's offense is so bad, but their defense is so they're, they're like Mizzou football, elite defense, very bad offense. Um, and then what was my other, let me go back to my notes here. Memphis is an upset candidate. Um, Memphis FAU is a very interesting first round matchup. I think I said that instantly when it happened, neither of these schools are power five. FAU has a bunch of wins. And Memphis just knocked off Houston today to win the American Conference Tournament. But I have Memphis winning that and beating Purdue. I don't love that at all, but I have huge recency bias with Memphis right now. I have them knocking off Purdue. So watch out for that upset. And then also I have Mizzou because I think they could beat Arizona, and it terrifies me. So, Yeah, and like I said, we, we, laid, we laid the groundwork for how Mizzou can get to the Elite Eight. And 
but now we have watched Mizzou play Bama twice. Once with Kobe Brown when we lost by 15, and we just lost to them again in the SEC tournament. And I think we gave them the best game, though, in the SEC tournament. But it's just like, yeah, they can hang with Bama, but at the end of the day, it's like, they're just better. And that's that's the end of the story. Yeah. They're just lengthier. Unless Brandon Miller gets arrested. Mizzou then we're back. <laughs> then everyone's back in that division. Arizona, Virginia, every single one of those schools is back if Brandon Miller gets arrested. So, But it doesn't look like that's the case because what he did is not illegal. It may be against school policy because it is illegal to have a gun on the University of Alabama campus, um, which he obviously very – obviously did have but not illegal in any way so he could get suspended i guess i don't know why they would wait this long to suspend him that would make no sense but no legal action will be needed here um and then before we end our bracket talk locks so we joke about this because we're gonna pick locks but there's no such thing as a lock in march other than maybe a one seed that's the only possible lock you could even remotely say um you're talking about Mars. There's Yachty on the screen managing the Puerto Rico team. So last year we did this. I'm pretty sure Cam got like two or three of his out of the four, two or three out of four wrong. Um, I think I went like three out of four or something. It's just really bad. We're really bad at this. Um, last year, the rules were you had to pick one lock from every region in the first round. We'll do this every single round. One lock in the in every region in the first round, it can't be a one seed because obviously they, you know, it's a lock it, and it can't be a two seed this year. We're adding, it can't be a three seed because the 14 over three happens probably just as often as the 15 over, over two does. If, if not less, I mean, mm-hmm. recently the 15 has been winning more often than the three or the 14. So we're adding that to the line. So four seed up or is what can be a lock here. Um, in the South region, my lock is six seed Creighton over eleven seed NC State. Um, NC State does not move the needle with me. I thought they should have been in the the play-in game instead of Pittsburgh, but here we are. So Creighton is one of those teams that a lot of people are going to pick to win the title. It's going to be a sexy upset pick to win the title. Incredibly stupid, if, if you ask me. Incredibly stupid pick to have them going all the way, but. Luke said he might do it not that long ago. Just thought I'd throw that out there. And then I came to my senses. I came to my senses. Um, I was like, I'm not doing that. That's that's dumb. But they are definitely going to beat NC State. Then in, what is this, the East region? Yes. East region, I have six seed Kentucky over 11 seed Providence. I would just like to chime in. That was also my uh, East lock. There isn't a lot of, I mean, you're looking at this region, Memphis. I mean, you can't pick the eight, nine or the seven, 10 really. Oral Roberts, you could see losing. And I don't, I, I, I would pick Tennessee, but I, I can't. So it kind of just by default leaves Kentucky. Yeah, you, you can't lock in Tennessee, like we said, because they're injury prone. Exactly. You'd like to over Louisiana. You'd like to. Louisiana is a very weak 13 seed, which. The ones that appear weak usually are the ones that win. So um, if we've learned anything from the past. So 
yes, Kentucky over Providence. And then my West region lock, UConn over Iona. Iona is going to be a sexy upset pick because Rick Pitino. Um, but they're really not that good. Like they have Rick Pitino, but they're also the Iona Gales. Um, which just a, a scenario here. If St. Mary's beats VCU and Iona upsets UConn, oh, that's a lot has to happen. If those two things happen, it'll be a Gale matchup because the St. Mary's Gales and the Iona Gales. So that would be very disgusting if that happens. Just, just to point that out. I actually have both of the Gales losing in the first round, including UConn as my lock. And then in the Midwest region, I have two locks because I couldn't, I couldn't pick between these two. So I have Miami over Drake. And this is a very weird lock because I originally wrote down Drake winning this game and then I changed it. And now I have Miami as a lock over Drake. So this is just, it's the torture that your mind goes through. (laughs) Exactly. And then I also have Texas A&M over Penn State as my other lock. I, that Texas A&M over Penn State one, that one's a ballsy lock. I like it. Um, my south lock is UVA over Furman. Like I said, I don't know what a paladin is, even after Luke tried to read it out loud on the show here. I, st- I actually think I know less about Furman after Luke read about it. Um, and then my East pick was Kentucky over Providence as well. Um, even though they did have the alligator blood to get Providence in. So shout out to alligator blood Providence team from the past. And then my Midwest lock was Auburn, Auburn over Iowa in the sickos bowl. So, uh, I'm locking in Auburn over Iowa. That is SEC over Big Ten. You're locking 100%. in. I agree with you, but you're locking in a lower seed to up. It's an interesting strategy, but I love it. I, <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah, you're right. It is a lower seed, but I'm locking it in. That is, yeah. Uh, Auburn over Iowa, lock it in. Um, and my West. Oh, okay. Well, that. I didn't realize that one. I should have chimed in. Uh, I also had UConn over Iona as my lock down there, uh, just because I don't think I don't think Rick's team really has a whole lot there, except that it's Rick. <laughs> That's it, exactly my analysis too. And then you got to pick a wild card. I picked five. Pick a wild card here. Oh my my bonus lock was. Oh, but I think you said. Not to do that. I, do had Mem- I had Memphis over Florida Atlantic. Go ahead, lock it in. Uh, that was my bonus. Like I can't. I, I, there's not. I can't. I don't know if I can truly lock lock that in. I can't. Here, I'll put it this way. I can't. And maybe this is backwards because, like you just pointed out, Auburn is actually a lower seed than Iowa. But I would much rather lock in Auburn over Iowa than I would lock in Memphis over Florida Atlantic. Well, you know a lot about Auburn and Iowa. You don't know a lot about Memphis and Florida Atlantic. I know a little bit about Memphis, but I know nothing about Florida Atlantic. I don't know that they lose. I know that they have a very pretty college campus, and that is about it. Don't they have like a top 10 uh, enrollment too in like the nation? I don't know. Or student population? I don't know if their school is that big. Is it Florida International I'm thinking of? I think it's FIU. 
Florida International, yeah. So, makes sense. So, yeah, we'll see how we do on our locks. Hopefully, you know what? It would be nice. Now, the Auburn one is probably what's going to jeopardize me here, but it would be nice to start at least round one, four for four on so-and-so locks. That would be nice. And it's just funny that, like, these are the, the matchups we're most confident in, but they're pro- it's, there's going to be some that don't come to fruition. And that's just the beauty of March. This is March. Um, do you have anything else about – um, bracket for the for the the opening bracket. Obviously, we'll talk about it in later shows, like as it advances along. Uh, one thing I would like to say is I've got Corpus Christi over Semo. I'm sorry, Semo. No, I also do. I think we sorry. talked about that at the beginning. Semo's kind of they had a miracle run through the Ohio Valley Conference. Oh, um, and that's that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. I've the last couple shows you say miracle really weird. You you say miracle, miracle, yeah, M E R A C L E. I say miracle. That is just something I I've noticed. <laughs> okay, so like St. Peter's last year, they had a miracle run. Miracle run. It's the it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like potato <laughs> potato. No, you you say it different. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I, there's nothing wrong. I, I'm a, not saying that there is. It's just I kept hearing you say the word miracle really weird. Miracle. I think you say really weird. Miracle. Like miracle whip. You know, like man. But how is miracle whip spelled? The same way. Okay. That's what I Miracle thought. whip. Why would they change it? You're, you're saying miracle? Why would it be miracle? Miracle. Whip, yeah, you miracle. say miracle real quick. Like miracle whip? No, no, no. You say a miracle run. A miracle run. Miracle whip. Miracle whip. Why would miracles change? You sound like you're trying to say Wednesday in Spanish. Miracle lays. Miracle lays? Yeah. Miracle. Miracle lays. Is that? No, that it's Spanish. It's it's miracle lays. But miracle. Miracle is how you say it, or something like that. But um, what I'm trying to ask you is, it's Miracle Whip. It's spelled M-I-R-A-C-L-E. You need the type of guy that say Miracle Whip. No, Miracle Whip. I just said it. Miracle Whip. whip. Okay? What I'm just trying to get out of you is why you think it's different, because the reason why they call it Miracle Whip is because, like, oh, this is a miracle that it tastes like this due to their ingredients. <laughs> and <laughs> miracle whip. Why would you say miracle differently when you're talking about an upset win? I don't. I say it the same way. No, you didn't. You called. You said miracle whip right. Miracle whip. You didn't say that yes, the first time. Miracle whip. You said miracle whip. Okay, but if you're talking about like you said M I R, then that would be whip. Like WH, so like the mir- miracle, miracle whip, not miracle whip. It's miracle whip, though. You're just making stuff up. No, it's miracle whip. That's how you say it, miracle whip. The Phillies went on a miracle run to the World Series this year. Okay, you're kind of starting to come over. I think you're just – you're. I think you just hear what you want to hear. No, I'm telling you, you really emphasize an E. And you say M E R. 
but it's M-I-R. Maybe it's because I mix it up with America. Miracle, America. I'm just so American. I'm just so patriotic. I, I say I, I take America and make it miracle because it's a miracle that America is a miracle. I don't know what the hell that I was trying to like, like say a drop dead line and I just screwed it up. So this is a conversation okay. that's taken too many minutes. That's sorry, but I just <laughs> had to bring that up because when I was listening, I kept noticing it. Miracle, miracle. Okay. Oh, what the hell? They took the Puerto Rico game off? I think it ended. No, it definitely did not end. Isn't like the seventh oh, inning. Oh, USA. That's all we care about. Okay. So. See, I'm, hey, Patriot. I'm a Patriot. It's a miracle. <laughs> Stop. All right. Tough scene of the week here to close it out. We're already an hour and 12 minutes into the episode. Hour and 13 if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, Tough scene of the week. We'll try to make this quick here. I'll go first if that's fine with you. So my tough scenes include Jim Beheim. He's retired. Um, this guy in Wake Forest that never plays. He got into the game at the last second, knocked down a shot, eliminated and killed Jim Beheim. So Jim Beheim gets a taste of his own medicine. Um, <laughs> that was a weird laugh that you just had there. You should be thankful that you didn't have your mic on for that laugh because that, <laughs> that was a very weird laugh that you just had. But, <laughs> but he's dead. I mean, he, he coached 47 years at Syracuse. Um, what the hell is that? <laughs> it is a weird machine that guy was just doing. Um, Jim Beheim, 47 years at Syracuse, won a national title. I think it was five Final Fours he's been to, multiple ACC championships, just a legend. And he loves Syracuse. He he went to Syracuse um, as a student, um, and he coached there before he was a head coach, and then he was the head coach there. Um, so he just, you know, he never took his foot off the gas. So just, <laughs> just shout out to Jim Beheim on a great, great career. <laughs> and my next tough scene is Adam Thielen. He was cut by the Vikings, so just a great, hardworking, scrappy receiver. Um, you know, just one of the one of the best hard workers in the game. You know, Adam Thielen, just a ton of grit that guy has on him, and he's going to get picked up. You know, because he's a gritty guy. And then my final tough scene, another college coach is Bill Self. Um, and unlike Jim Beheim, who actually died. Bill Self tried to fake his own death by having a heart attack. Um, so he, uh, I don't remember what day that was. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday morning. There was news that he was hospitalized with an illness um, and he would not be coaching the game against West Virginia. And there were multiple reports that said he had a heart attack and he was in the hospital. So I say fake his own death. He didn't actually try to fake his own death, but could this impact Kansas title in a way? Or is he trying to like, sp you know, spark his team? Like win it for uh, me, I had a heart attack. I mean, I hope so. I have him in the final four, but I hope so. No offense to him. No, I do too. 
But I just hope it doesn't like inspire them. We that did a side conversation, me and Luke, and we'll just pretend that we're having that same side conversation right now. Sometimes that's what the FBI breathing down your neck can do to you. So stressed out that you have a heart attack. So I, I, I'm glad that he's recovering. Yeah, we'll say that. Yeah, we hope he does well health wise. Um, and that's all my tough scenes. Okay. Um, let's see here. Oh, I think I had a lot. Oh, uh, sh- but they're quick. Uh, my first tough scene of the week is Luke not knowing who Zay Flowers is. And it's just a quick one. It's just, it's not like, uh, he was probably a top three wide receiver in college football last year. But we, I digress. And my next one is something that went viral. Is the Hofstra Pride wrestler that shit his singlet on the mat. And it looked like he had rolled around in the mud. And, and even maybe even a tougher scene, Luke, was the guy in the background who was had to clean it up off the mat. As a what guy just took Martinez deep. Um, Joey Manessis. But Nick Martinez might be a terrorist. Yeah, we have something to go though. We'll talk about this here in a second. Um, uh, my next tough scene is maybe somehow a tougher look than the Hofstra wrestler that should have singled Tom Brady's face at UFC the other night. Uh, <laughs> what was going on? I mean, it looked like <laughs> it looked like he was either like took a crazy drug that made him like that. He was just had a weird face on all night long or like he just had another plastic surgery, which we're not judging, but we kind of are obviously if we have him on tough scene, but I'm just saying his face, it almost looked like a vase. I don't know what else to say. It looks like, um, do you, have you seen, uh, Avengers? Marvel Avengers or the first Captain America movie? I haven't, or maybe I did, but I, okay. I, Do you they know all the, run together? The Red Skull guy. Look up Red Skull Avengers on your computer right now. That's what Tom Brady. He looks like that guy, but not red, and he has a nose. That's exactly what I imagined Tom Brady looking like. You, That's messed up, <laughs> but you see it right that. Yeah, although somehow Tom Brady's chin is even more pointed in than this this make believe character. So that was a tough scene. That's all I'm gonna say. And he was sitting next to Mike Evans, and there's murmurs that he might play for the Dolphins. And then he just said, "Well, I have to take care of my daughter's cat, so I'm not coming back." But I don't believe him until next season rolls around and it completely goes through its rotation. And the Dolphins just got Jalen Ramsey too. So true. Um, I guess UNC lost on senior night to Duke. Um, but I digress. We may have sold our soul. Literally. I don't know when UNC is going to be back for anything. I hope it's next year for football and Drake may is our savior. 
But I don't know if he can overcome this curse. I mean, I seriously think we sold our soul to kill Coach K once and for all. Was it worth it? In terms of just this year, uh, yeah, I guess. it's he, This is what it was worth. Is it worth losing to Duke, getting swept by Duke? Yes, that one win it was worth getting swept by Duke this year. But Luke, this is not the only place that selling our soul is affecting us. It's not just affecting basketball. It is seeped into all kinds of other sports. Um, and it seeped into women's basketball. It seeped into women's soccer earlier this year when we lost in the title game in a horrific way. It killed North Carolina's end of the football season when they were 9-1, and one, and literally nothing could go their way in the past couple of weeks. And obviously it killed UNC basketball this year. You could tell that their soul was gone because they couldn't even make the tournament. Um, and the first glimpse of their soul being gone was against Alabama at the beginning of the year during uh, a tournament game. Four overtimes. Quadruple overtimes. And North Carolina would probably be in the tournament right now if the refs didn't decide to review a weird goaltending call that they made in that game on a Caleb Love shot, if I believe. That was a weird time, so that could be wrong. Um, we sold our soul. And I don't know when we're going to break the curse. So that is something to keep in the back of my head for a while. Um, So, yeah. And then my next one is there was a picture of Sister Jean at the Missouri Valley Tournament. And I thought she was dead in the picture. I mean, it looked like a corpse, kind of. You know, kind of, yeah. you know, that was not the Missouri Valley Tournament. They're in the A-10 now. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So that was in Brooklyn. But um, my comparison is, you know, that one little wrinkly skeleton character from SpongeBob that sat in the wheelchair. Um, just look up. Skeleton, SpongeBob, wheelchair. That was her. Um, so. <laughs> oh, no. But that's real. Is oh, it not? that is so real. So oh, that's so bad. It's time for Sister Jean to go. Her, she's, used, she's used up the last of her witch magic. We can see it. Loyal is not good at basketball right now. So they were 15th out of 15 in the A-10 this year, and then they lost in the first round. Exactly. So she, you ran up the score, Sister Jean. I mean, you've had a long life. You're like 103, 104. Just move on. So it's time for Sister Jean to go. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to be the one to do it, but it's time for her to go. Um, And to kind of close it out here, Great Britain's jerseys in the World Baseball Classic. That was a tough scene. If you didn't see them, you will probably see them very soon because it was a meme kind of very quickly circulating the interwebs as it looks like they just went to Microsoft Word 
and centered their words and typed in Great Britain, all caps, in Arial font, and then printed it on their jerseys. That was literally my exit. Like before the internet got onto it, I sat down and started watching it, and I was like, "Did they even try?" <laughs> I think I said I made a comment. I said something like, "Man, the graphic designer really went hard on these," <laughs> or something like that. Probably spent a total of three minutes making the jersey, um, which is sad because the rest of the the jerseys, like in the in the World Baseball Classic, are kind of sick. So because you're everybody's like incorporating their flag and you know, their offhand country colors as well. And it's like really cool. And then great Britain, they just kind of laid down the gray jerseys, Navy hat and block letters. Yeah. It's very boring. And it was just like split down the middle, really weird. Um, you know, because of the button up that is baseball jerseys. And it was just like G R eat, Britain, you know, and it just it looks bad. That's all there is to it. It looked bad. So those were my tough scenes. A lot of stuff happened in the NFL, but we're not gonna be able to get to it tonight. So maybe next time we'll definitely update. And next time we have a show, it'll probably be very big NFL news in terms of the show. Um I'm not Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Rogers will be a jet. Um also Friend of the show, Ryan Jostis, followed in the footsteps of another Washington Ryan D1 commit and went to Mizzou. Um, so shout out to him. He's going to be an offensive lineman. He's a three-star recruit. Got the notification across my phone. Mizzou picks up offensive lineman recruit. So it was, it was pretty cool to see that. Um, and we wish him the best. Yeah. And keep your... Eyes peeled for Show Me Show Ryan. Possibly. Potentially. Hinting. Keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, we were I was really excited about that. Obviously, I got to play with him. He's a stud. He's so fun to play with, and he is a really funny guy. So um really excited for Ryan. And it's also just really weird that both of the two players to go to Mizzou from Washington, Missouri have both been named Ryan and they both played off or tight end too. Uh, obviously Ryan Joseph is going to be an offensive lineman at Mizzou, but just an interesting tidbit. So yeah, that's pretty much our show. Yeah. Go USA. They're already down two nothing to Mexico though. So, but you know what, you know what I know about United States first Mexico history Mexico may get off to a good start, the Alamo, but the United States always bounces back. So how about that? Yeah, you're right. So I'm not worried, to say the least. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, make sure to fill out your bracket and enter in the Show Me Show Bracket Challenge on the ESPN website. Um, We'll post the link on our Twitter, so follow us there. We'll post the link on our Instagram, follow us there. Um, subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't yet, and we'll see you in the next video. Or in the next video, in the next podcast, next show. I don't know when it's going to be yet either. So this is this will be coming out Monday morning. We don't know when the next one's going to be. It'll be a mystery. Just keep your eyes peeled. See you guys.